Amazing Jesus in Turbulent Times by Cale Deval, read by Sebastian Braxton. Cale Deval is lecturer in New Testament Studies, Avondale College, Corinbong, New South Wales, Australia. The COVID-19 crisis is a demonstration of how words can lose their force. This global pandemic is called a life-and-death matter. Yet so many have continued business as usual while tens of thousands are dying all over the world. Life and death. Words that would typically evoke a strong response now no longer do. Words appear to have lost their power to change and impact us. They have lost much of their descriptive and rhetorical power. Words like great, awesome, and amazing no longer refer to something grand and spectacular. Instead, they are often assigned to people, things, or events that are, indeed, far removed from the richness that these words convey. The deeper the reality of a fearsome crisis, the greater the need for a deliverance of awesome proportions. The Gospel of Mark addresses this need. While the situation of Mark's audience was different from ours, what was true is that they, like us, were in a time of crisis. Alarming Persecution The Gospel of Mark was written in the early 60s of the first century during or just after the Neronian persecution, between A.D. 63 and A.D. 64. This would have been a severe time of crisis for the early Christians. Many would have died for their faith in the persecution in Rome. The Roman historian Tacitus provided a gripping account of what took place. He says that Christians, covered with the skins of beasts, were torn by dogs and perished, or were nailed to crosses, or were doomed to the flames and burnt, to serve as a nightly illumination when daylight had expired. End quote. During this time of suffering and trial, Mark uses four different Greek words translated as, quote, marveled, unquote, astonished, unquote, amazement, unquote, and amazed, quote, unquote. The theme of, quote, unquote, amazing being so dominant in Mark, but not in the other Gospels, suggests that Mark received this idea firsthand from Peter, widely acknowledged to be the apostolic influence on the first Gospel. Knowing that readers and hearers grow accustomed to words, Mark employs variety. To drive home his point, Mark will use this diversity of words on 20 occasions to describe who Jesus is and the unique responses of the people to his ministry. Mark was trying to emphasize that in a time of crisis, Jesus was to be the focus of his followers. There is no one better to contemplate in a crisis than Jesus. We will look at four occurrences of the words amazed and astonished in Mark's gospel and discover the depth and beauty of just how amazing, just how astonishing Jesus truly is. Amazed at his word. Mark recounts the exorcism of a demon-possessed man as Jesus' first miracle in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 27. Mark uses the literary technique of inclusio in that he opens and closes the miracle narrative with the word astonished, 
in verse 22 and verse 27. Verse 22 reads, And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Verse 27 reads, Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. The encounter begins with, quote, a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. End quote. Robert Gundry contends that this is a defense stratagem of the evil spirit, namely, identifying Jesus and thereby attempting to gain the upper hand in the conflict. This helps us understand Jesus' strong response of, be quiet, quote-unquote, or literally, quote, be muzzled, unquote. Furthermore, sandwiched between the inclusio is Jesus, filled with authority and acting to deliver. In this opening miracle, Jesus acts with paradigmatic force. Paradigmatic meaning this miracle sets the tone or provides the example for how one must act in the face of evil and suffering. Act decisively. No second guessing, no debate, and no discussion. A human life is at stake. Mark's use of quote-unquote all in verse 27 emphasizes the universal recognition of Jesus' power and authority. The phrase, quote-unquote, new teaching, didache kaiane, is the language of inaugurated eschatology. The prophetic tradition has reached its zenith. In fact, teaching was one facet of the new age looked for by the prophets. Jeremiah says, no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, quote, know the Lord, end quote. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. End quote. That was Jesus' unique, astonishing authority, an authority far surpassing that of the scribes. The scribes presented what the scriptures and their tradition taught. In contrast, Jesus presented himself as what the scriptures taught. As N.T. Wright suggests, quote, he is somebody with authority over everything the physical world and the non-physical world can throw at us. This is a Jesus we can trust with every aspect of our lives, end quote. A global pandemic presents us with opportunities to minister confidently. Amazed at his power. The healing of the paralytic in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, has so much percolating beneath the surface. This miracle opens up a raft of questions that the reader can raise. For the religious leader, the genuine question, quote, who can forgive sins but God alone, end quote, for the paralytic, quote, what on earth is happening to me, end quote, for the homeowner, quote, I wonder who's going to pay for my damaged roof, end quote. This beneath-the-surface reading sheds greater light on just how amazing Jesus is. He sees the faith of the man's four friends, reads the thoughts of the leaders, and knows the needs of the sufferer. Jesus knew that what this paralyzed man needed was not just physical healing, but most of all, spiritual healing.
Jesus is amazing because he knows our greatest need. That need is for a spiritual breakthrough, to encounter him, and to be forgiven and restored in our relationship with God. His presence brought healing, peace, and wholeness to the paralytic. The paralyzed man was told by Jesus to get up, take up his mat, and go home. Quote, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, quote, we have never seen anything like this, end quote. Those legs, once so weak and incapacitated, were now full of vitality. That mat, so often the symbol of his humiliation and defeat in life, was now carried in his arms. In light of their friend's personal crisis, four men believed that Jesus could make a difference in their friend's situation. Quote, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. End quote. Faith and action united in a teamwork that brought both healing and forgiveness. A global pandemic presents us with opportunities to minister collaboratively. Amazed at his love. Once more, we see the sovereign power of Jesus to save. Seeing Jesus from a distance, the demoniac ran up and bowed down before him. Even though he was in the grip of Satan's power, it was no match for the greater power, the power of Jesus. Notice, quote, he bowed proskuneo before him, meaning he worshipped Jesus. Then we see two uses of the same word in verses 10 and 12, namely, quote-unquote, beg, parakaleo. Verse 10 says, he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of this area. And verse 12 reads, quote, the demons begged Jesus, end quote. It is also used of the leper of Mark 1, verse 40, who begged Jesus to help him. It speaks of desperation. Jesus is amazing because he confronts evil and in the process sets humans free. The same divine power that can drive out demons can also change hearts. Mark chapter 5 verse 20 reads, quote, So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. What led to this response of amazement from the people. The wider literary context reveals to us that the story of the changed demoniac answered a question lingering from the end of chapter 4. Who is the good soil? The seed clearly took root in the demoniac, the least significant and least likely place imaginable. His transformed life was not of his own doing but rather solely and wholly through the power of Jesus. The demoniac is the good soil, now declaring, quote, what great things the Lord has done, end quote, and how the Lord, quote, had compassion, end quote, on him. A global pandemic presents us with opportunities to minister compassionately. Amazed at his sacrifice. Scholars have generally acknowledged Mark 8, verse 27, through Mark 10, 52, as the, quote, theological nerve center, end quote, of this gospel. 
Once more, Mark will use an inclusio, namely the word meaning way or road, hodos, in 8.27 and 10.52, to delineate this discrete section of the story of Jesus. In these chapters, which are charged with outbursts of predictive energy, Jesus announces three passion predictions and attempts to clarify for his disciples the nature and substance of his mission. In this final passion prediction, we see Mark's intentional use of the word amazed. Quote, now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going before them, and they were amazed, etham bunto, and as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. The phrase, quote, going up to Jerusalem, end quote, echoes the Old Testament language of pilgrimage. The disciples were amazed because Jesus was going ahead of them to Jerusalem, even after all he said in the earlier Passion predictions. The misunderstanding of the disciples is a major theme in this gospel. However, verse 32 might be a subtle hint of the disciples beginning to understand just a little of the mission of Jesus. The verse informs us that, quote, as they followed, they were afraid, end quote. The declaration of their fear is preceded by the solution to their fear. To the extent that they continued to follow him, the same Jesus who, in the midst of the storm, said, Peace be still, would accompany his disciples during a crisis of uncertainty and anxiety that would impact the whole world. A global pandemic presents us with opportunities to minister calmly. Astonishing victory. God's kingdom in Mark's gospel comes with the power to do things that human beings cannot do on their own. The power to support, transform, help, and encourage the human soul in every given situation. It transforms and challenges us to perceive the truth that God's kingdom best takes root in the marginalized, the outcasts, those seemingly most insignificant. God's kingdom is real here and now regardless of the challenge. In story after story, Jesus emerges victorious over the forces of evil, over the fractious conniving of the religious leaders, over the fear of human beings, and yes, even over death. We learn that Jesus is amazing because of what he says and how he says it, how he cares, and because of what he does. While uncertainty and fear grip our communities across the globe, and we try to find the right words to depict what is happening, let us remember that God invaded human time and space in the person of his Son. Jesus walks across the narrative stage of Mark's gospel and demonstrates that his victory over all that the kingdom of darkness can throw at him and his children is truly amazing. 
for bibliographical and biblical references on this article, and for much more content for pastors and church leaders, please visit ministrymagazine.org.